Oh shit, here we go again. What's up, ballers? We're back. Second major of the 2020 year. Didn't know if this would ever happen, but here we are, U.S. Open at Wingfoot. This is the sixth U.S. Open at Wingfoot. Only Oakmont Country Club and Baltusrol have hosted more. Uh, Wingfoot's also hosted a PGA Championship back in 1997 that was won by Davis Love III. The previous one in 2006, which was the last time they had the U.S. Open here, was when Phil Mickelson historically blew up on the 18th hole when he made a double bogey and handed the trophy to Jeff Ogilvy. And Jeff Ogilvy happens to be the only winner of a major uh, at Wingfoot that didn't win multiple majors in his career. So a uh, nice little gift there that Phil handed to Mr. Ogilvy. Uh, we got the whole team in the booth. This is going to be an exciting episode, 45 minutes to an hour, just talking about uh, Wingfoot. And as we move into the tournament tomorrow, we'll be talking picks. We'll be talking course setup and a lot of things. Really excited about this episode. We got the whole team in the booth. Like I said, Jakey, you are mid golf season right now. Yep. How are, how are things going up in the, uh, in the great Northwest Northeast? Sorry. Uh, things could be going better. We, um, lost two matches back to back in the last two days to a team that we needed to split with. We got absolutely smoked today. So this was the one we were supposed to lose. We were playing at their place. And then yesterday we lost, I mean, we were in it. We lost by like five. So Kind of a heartbreaker season for the team, at least, is kind of, kind of over. But I do have three um, individual players who are most likely moving on to the tournaments. So, yeah, nice. we're, we're getting there. And when, and when you say they're playing at their home spot, you're playing like where at Marion or are these places? Because it seems like every time you play, it's at like the most prestigious places like Pine Valley and those places. <laughs> well, we don't play Pine Valley. We do play Marion West every other year. Um, but this year, this particular team that I'm talking about, no, we actually play it like a very mediocre country club for them. And then on Monday, we're playing the new team in our division and they play at what was described to me as a swamp covered in dirt. So I can't wait for that one. That should be very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, what do you, what does the team need to do to get in or is, is your season over? They don't have a chance. We just, this, this went out that. Yeah, well, not even winning out because we, we will we'll end up losing the head-to-head. This team that we uh, lost to today is, is just out of five scores. Like, they'll shoot sub-200. Um, and our okay. best score has been right at about 205. So today, like, we actually played pretty good. We shot our second-lowest team score of the year at 210. And they shot, like, 194. So we had oh. no chance. Yeah, we got our doors blown off today. But you know what? Next, next year... Um, we really we're going to be very very good and very very deep. So next year I think is really the year. Who's the uh, who's the best player in the district? Do you have anybody that's just absolutely filthy? We have a couple kids who are absolutely filthy, and you know what? I cannot think of their name because they're not in my division. But we do have one kid who's a plus two. Christian Matt is in my division. Uh, he's actually on the team we played today. He shot one under today. So wow, strong. Yeah, kids. Are they they playing nine hole matches or what? Is, what are you guys playing? Yeah, we, we play in the nine-hole matches, and then for the tournaments, we do – it's 18 holes. Okay, cool. Well, hopefully your three guys uh, make a deep run. That would be cool for you. Uh, yeah, for sure. We also got Vinny in the booth. Vinny, my man, we are making our triumphant return to the soccer pitch tonight. 
how how the legs feel? Oh, since I've been sitting on them all day, uh, a little tight. <laughs> but uh, you better get out there an hour early so you don't blow something out. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready to just get a good sweat in. It's been a while since we've touched soccer ball. Uh, we've been playing so much golf. Um, yeah, it'll be nice. Nice, love it. Yeah, looking forward to that. Well, this week we have one of the big ones. The second major of the year, which is normally back in June, I believe the U.S. Open is. Uh, so this is uh, going to be the first time it's been in uh, September in God knows how long, if maybe the first time ever. But really exciting, uh, historic golf course up in uh, Westchester County, New York, which is fairly close to where Vince and I went to college. Uh, and uh, just going to be a great, great event. They have, the USGA has said they are not holding back at all on the course setup. Uh, they want it to be a true test of golf, but, uh, do not really care where scores end up at the end of the week. They said they're trying to get away from trying to make everybody happy and want it to just be a real test of golf and, and very challenging. Jake, I know you love, you're, you're the big course setup guy on the, on the team. What, uh, what are you looking forward to the most this week with, uh, with Wingfoot and how, how it's going to be playing? Well, I think those, those greens, obviously, I mean, listen, you're, you're not going to see greens like these greens maybe anywhere else um you know wingfoot is known for having i mean it's a 36 hole facility and they say that they have 36 different greens like there's no concept within a green right. that's you know the same or copy over so it's incredible and the restoration that gil hans has done um you know they they installed usga greens they reclaimed a ton of green space so the greens have been made a lot bigger which means more pinnable locations more slopes <laughs> more undulation. So I think that's the number one thing. And then I think the other thing is, I mean, it, Wingfoot is, Wingfoot West is just, it's so freaking hard. Like it's going to be very narrow, um, more narrow than I think a lot of people realize. And even though I've heard some reports of like graduated rough, like, you know, it's a little shorter, um, closer to the fairway and then longer as you, as you spread out, I still think that because of the way these greens are going to be, which can obviously be pretty firm and very large, uh, it's, there's going to be a premium on accuracy. This is really going to be the accuracy U.S. Open, um, if there was one in the last couple of years, for sure. Oh, Benny, I know uh, you have become more of a golf enthusiast over the last decade. What are you looking forward to the most uh, this week for Wingfoot? Yeah, man. So I've been following a lot of the interviews and just some of the the pictures that people are posting, you know, like caddies, plus ones that are all out at the, the facility already. Um, seeing some pictures of, you know, soda cans being completely under the rough. Uh, I'm just expecting uh, this course to play as difficult as the pros are already saying it is. Like JT and a few other people have said it's going to be uh, probably the toughest setup any of them have seen in their careers. Uh, wow. So, I, you know, I'm, re- I'm really just looking to see who, who keeps it together the best. And, uh, and obviously Wingfoot's just a beautiful place and you don't get to see this kind of golf at this time of year, in the Northeast where it's like kind of cooling off and yet it's going to play super difficult. And, you know, it's like great growing conditions all at the same time. I think it's going to be absolutely pristine which is going to be rained upon by the the terror of how tough it's going to play. Is this going to start the uh, the run of Tiger and the Mock Tees? Because uh, you know no, November is is where the Masters is going to be. He'll definitely be rocking the Mock Tee there. Well, you think we're going to see Tiger in the uh, the red and black Mock Tee this weekend? 
Dude, let me tell you guys how crispy it is up here. I like this morning it was literally 55 degrees. So Oh boy. Yeah, it's you're gonna see some you might see a mock turtleneck. I'll tell you what you're probably gonna see from Tiger. A lot of KT tape. Because he's gonna have to be warming up for like ten hours before <laughs> this thing. Because it is cold. I actually saw some reports that um, overnight lows could be in the high 40s there this weekend. So it's really crispy up here already. And I, I believe he's got an 8.07 tea time tomorrow morning. Yeah, I think he goes early, early, late. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, we're, uh, so I'm headed to Miami tomorrow for uh, my future brother-in-law's bachelor party. And uh, I was supposed to be, we were supposed to go to New York originally, and I'm happy we're not because, like you said, it's uh, it's crispy up there, and I'm not a big cold weather guy, so <laughs> I am uh, very happy that I'm going south to the beach. Uh, so yeah, we so like I said, we've had six major championships here before uh, of the U.S. Opens that we've had in the past. The other five, only four, has been under par, and that was Fuzzy Zeller in 1984 uh, when the course was playing around 6,900 yards. Now it's playing close to 7,500. The other five events have been Bobby Jones won it in 29. That was a he was six over, actually won it in a playoff. Uh, Billy Casper won it in 59. He was two over. Hale Irwin won it in 74 at seven over. Uh, and Jeff Ogilvy uh, won it in 2006 at five over par after Phil Mickelson made a double bogey on 18 to hand it away. The in 2006 the uh, scoring average was. Almost 75, 74.99, and only one hole the entire weekend played under par. Uh, there was just a total of 12 under par rounds played in the entire weekend, and none lower than two under 68. Will we see uh, more than 12 rounds under par this weekend, fellas? I'm going to say yes. I think um, we know Olympia Fields was really tough. Um but I think that these players in this era are still going to be able to piece together some good rounds. Uh, maybe not, you know, 10 under like we saw Sam Burns do last week. But I, I do. I, I still think that we're going to see some rounds like one or two under par. And I think the winner of this event is probably going to be around four under. I would like wow. to see it. Wow. I know that's right. deep, but still. Jake, what are you thinking? I think that... Um... This course doesn't even compare to Olympia Fields. I think this. I think Wingfoot is so much harder. It's not even funny. Um, and I. I mean, it all. It comes down to a couple factors. There's a little bit of rain in the forecast on Friday. If they don't get that rain, and they they, I heard today that they cut the rough late in the day. So the rough is probably a little shorter than some of those videos we were seeing earlier on. So if that's the last cut of the rough, is today. I don't think. I think the winning score will be right around even, but I do think, if anything, it'll be over. Yeah, I'm going two over par is my winning score. Yeah, uh, I had three. I, I think I saw JT said, you know, if you want to see pros punching out of the rough and not even trying to advance it down the, the green to the greens and, and thus three putting holes and hitting weird shots, he's like, well, then you're going to really enjoy this weekend because it's going to be really, really hard. Um, I think it was Ben on somebody tweeted to him saying, Hey man, I put all this money on you to win. And he goes, well, I just shot eight over in my practice round on the back. Nine. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one out there. I think, I, I think I said this to Vinny cause Vinny, uh, you know, well, I know who you're on. I'll let you say it in a minute, but, uh, I think this is going to be a huge event for the guys in the first round. Cause you need to keep it together. You could 
blow yourself out of the tournament on the first day. So I think guys that can keep it, you know, within five over to even, maybe even shoot one under on the first day, um, they got a real chance. But I think that we're going to lose about three-fourths of the field after day one, and it's just going to be a 10-man race, I believe, something around there, eight to 12 guys uh, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which I kind of enjoy. I, I like the I, – I don't – I mean – I like the events when there's like 15 guys within three shots going into Sunday, but at a USO or at a US Open or a major championship like this, I like to see six to eight guys competing uh, as we go into the weekend and and watching Tiger win the win the event, which would be great. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, well, maybe not. You might you might do it. Uh, no. Come on, dude. All right. So, anyways, so uh, Wingfoot this weekend going to be a great one. Like you said, Jake, supposed to be nice weather on Thursday. I think a 40% chance of rain on Friday and then Saturday, Sunday is supposed to be actually absolutely gorgeous out there. Not really windy uh, and 0% chance of rain. So we'll be nice. Um, we've got a, I mean, a stout field, obviously. And then there's some guys that actually got into the event uh, because of COVID and some other things. Like we couldn't get the, uh, uh, we couldn't get some of the corn fairy with some of the corn fairy guys, excuse me, are into the event. Uh, and some guys that like are, I think it's normally the top 50. I think they moved it out to the top 70 in the world, got in. So there is some players that uh, got lucky due to the COVID restrictions and were able to move into the field this week. Uh, before we get into the picks, I was curious, the two or three guys that you guys are kind of watching as we go into the uh, weekend. Let's go with you, Vince. Well, I'll start off by saying um, I think a lot of I'm watching Daniel Berger. I don't think he's going to win it, but I think he's going to have another great week. Um, same with uh, with JT. And then, I mean, my third person in this list is going to be my pick for the week, who is Rory McIlroy. And uh, a lot off his mind, two pretty good weeks of golf, and a great driver of the golf ball, which I'm, I'm finding that probably a huge premium on T-balls this week. Um and I think if that's hot, he's he's going to play pretty well. Jakey, who you who you got your eye on going into this week? Honestly, my head is swimming because like I originally I, I said a name on last week's pod, and I still believe in that name. I said Colin Morikawa. Yep. And I said um, that I believed in him because this is going to be one of those courses where accuracy and proximity is maybe more rewarded than we see. You know. Even in most majors, I think it's such a premium. However, I don't think he's totally great around the greens, and I do think you need some of that. So I'm still leaving Morikawa on my list. I'll give you a couple other names. I think this is going to be a big week for Rom. He does everything well, and it's a course that he can. He he doesn't have to bully it. He can just play his yeah. brand of very very solid golf. I mean, he's one of the best players in the world, obviously. So um, I like Rom a lot this week, and I'm going to go with two. Like I won't call them dark horses because they're they're both great players, and they've shown up in majors before. But like for whatever reason, I got a feeling this could be a great week for them. Maybe a week where they pull something out. First one being actually Tony Finau. Um, I just think it's a great course for him, setup wise. He drives it good. He hits it good. He's unbelievable around the green, and we know that he struggles on the green. But the thing about it is, if it's a week where he's just got to make a ton of pars and bogeys, listen, that's that's his kind of tournament. He can win that kind of tournament. Right. Um, and then a guy that I don't think people are talking about, 
who had an incredible ball striking week literally just last week on the European tour. Tommy Fleetwood gained like eight shots approaching the green last week. And if somehow he's capturing what we saw from him over the last couple of years in majors, this place sets up really well for a guy who can hit it like he can uh, with the irons. So those are my, my couple that I have in mind right now. I love it. Yeah, I, you know, I think this is a, a, for all intents and purposes, this is a second shot course, although the way it's set up right now, you need to hit fairways. But mm-hmm. hitting these greens and hitting them in the right place is critical, uh, especially because they're all sloped from back to front. And I know everybody's seen the videos all these guys are putting out where they're hitting, they're throwing balls at the back of the green and it's rolling off the front. So going to be crazy. You will see some three putts this week. So do not be surprised when you see those. Uh, my head is kind of similar to Vince. I like Berger a lot. He's just been a top 10 machine and played very well since the COVID restart, uh, going back at Colonial where he won. Um, I like Rom as well. I think he's just moving in the right direction. You know, he's been around the top of the leaderboard, got a win in the playoffs. Um, and then my third guy is, uh, actually I'm going Webb Simpson. I, I think Webb. Wow. Even though he took uh, the second playoff event off, he won the U.S. Open in 2012 um, and led the PGA Tour last season on par four, par four scoring and putts per GIR. So uh, I like Webb as a, a guy that knows where to hit it, controls his golf ball. One of the, Part of that is because he just doesn't overpower, even though he does hit it pretty far. Um, he just hits, hits fairways all the time. One of the guys that you know we haven't talked about lately, guys, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, is... Big beef, Bryson DeChambeau. So I've been watching uh, coverage, and they showed him yesterday. You know, he's, he's taken some crazy lines off the tee that were never meant to be taken. Uh, there was one par four. It was like a 340 carry over the water, and uh, everybody's laying up except for him. He hit it over. Uh, he said he could do it as long as there's no wind into his face. How do we think Bryson DeChambeau is going to do this week? Jake, let's start with you. I don't think it's a great week for him, not for any other reason, but we need to see the Bryson that we saw at the beginning of the COVID restart and not the one that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It, it's the length thing will totally work if he can, if he can hit it in a fair way. And I'm not even talking about like the freakish, like cutting corners and stuff like that. Like if he's somebody who can get to a spot where he's hitting short irons right. more than the, his peers, like, of course, there's a really good chance that he's going to be right there because, and we've talked about it a lot already on this pod, like, if you can get it in the right spot, you have a, a decent flat putt or you have a putt that funnels, um, There's you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of putts that if they're in the wrong spot, they're going to, like, rip across the hole. And if they're in the right spot, they're going to funnel right to it. Yep. And, um, yeah, so if he hits it well, if he hits it, it, hits it long and straight, and he's got shorter clubs, he's going to be there. Um, but at the same time, I, I just don't – he seems to not have it right now. And around the greens, he's been atrocious. And you need that with long, rough, and and tough greens that are going to reject balls. Vinny, you think Bryson's going to finish in the top ten this week? No, I do not. I actually probably don't even know if he's going to make the cut. What uh, what what wow. do we think the what do we think the cut will be? That's a good question. I bet the cut plus probably plus three or plus four. Ooh, no, I'm going higher than that. Yeah, I'm like plus eight. Ten. I'm gonna go wow. ten. Yeah, because I, I mean, well, if if you're right, Vincent, you think the winner is four under? You got to take ten shots off that. 
normally. I mean, it's going to be top 60 in ties, but uh, it's definitely, it's just going to be a seven or eight over par. I agree. And then there, I personally think, like I said, I think there's going to be about 10 guys that are in contention. And then there's going to be a big group that are fighting to make the cut. And then there's going to be a big group of guys like the amateurs and some other guys that are way out there. Um, yeah, a couple other guys I wanted, I was curious about Victor Hovland coming off the low amateur last year at Pebble beach. He was also the low amateur at the Masters last year. What uh, what do we think Victor Hovland does in his first U.S. Open as a professional, Vinny? Uh, I'm also going to go with I think he misses the cut. Okay. Um, we all know he is. He does not have a very soft touch around the green. I don't <laughs> think it's his short. I don't think his short game is going to prove good enough to keep him from making double bogeys. I I. I I kind of agree. I tend to agree. Yeah, Jake, that was a really nice way of you saying that, by the way, Vince. He doesn't have a soft touch. That was very nice. Yeah, man. So <laughs> supple in a way. Um, let me let me rebound this question on you, Doug, for a second. Because okay. I was thinking, I was looking at some of the groups earlier. He's in the uh, the cowboy group, right? It's a, yep. it's a an orange group. In that group, who finishes the best? Who misses the cut? Who's most likely to contend? Who's most likely to miss the cut? And then who's just kind of floating around, I, I guess. I already actually said something to Doug about of whom I think in that group is going to contend. Uh, so Vinny thinks Ricky Fowler is going to contend that this is week. not accurate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I man, I, so I think Hoblin and Wolf are going to make the cut this week. I think, I, I just... I just don't have – well, those aren't, guys aren't on my radar, let me say that, to win the tournament this week. Not that they can't, obviously. All three of those guys potentially could. But I just don't think – well, one, I don't think Fowler has played well since the restart. He got married. He's been distracted. Other things, which is completely fine. Life goes on. There's more serious things to worry about. But I don't think he's played well enough to make the cut. Wolf, kind of the same thing. He came out the gate pretty hot after the COVID restart, but then has kind of fizzled since then. Um, and I think Hovland makes the cut too. I think him and Wolf make the cut. I think Hovland maybe finishes in that group from like 10th to 25. I think Wolf finishes down near the cut line. Uh, one of the last guys to make the cut after he gets in. Um, but I'll, I'll go Fowler misses it. Wolf and Hovland make the cut. Yeah, I'm in the same boat actually. I think that Hovland will have the best finish. I do think Wolf will be, it'll be close, but I think he'll probably sneak in. And I think Fowler has just been so bad and hasn't, the things that he does well, he has not done well since the COVID restart. Yeah. And so I just don't see him being a factor in any way. But, yeah, so then, that's my that's my answer to your Hovland question, too. And they're going 138 and then 818, just for those of you guys that are home that want to watch them. Vinny, uh, you want you want Wolf this week, right? That's your boy from that group? I think so. I And I'll say as this, he's a great driver of the golf ball normally. And I think if he does get himself into some trouble... Uh, he has the horsepower to advance the ball far enough where he can then try to make par, like, wedge one putt. Right? I, I see what you're saying. That, so, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of how I'm looking at his game around this I'm, course. I mean, the guys that have length, if they can channel it this week and hit fairways, they've got a huge advantage. So uh, I want to – it's a good point, Doug, that you bring up because I heard, and, and I'm going to shout out, you know, like, all these pods – that have tons of connections have done a really great job of illustrating all of these kind of aspects of 
um, playing at Wingfoot. And I'm trying to remember exactly which pod said it, but somebody was making a point about like, you can hit it really, really far, but it's one of the few courses, especially with how narrow they have it right now, that is requiring pros to hit driver, but hit driver like different distances. Like, okay, I have to tee this one down because if I bomb it, I'm going to go through the corner here. Or like, okay, I'm going to have to turn this one more than normal. So I think that's actually something else to watch out for is you can be long and straight, but you also have to be like kind of creative here, especially with how narrow they have it. It should be like super interesting to see that. Yep. I, I agree. I think I saw it in an interview earlier from Tiger where he said, they asked him, what do you compare Wingfoot to? And he said, it's like playing at Augusta with thick rough. He said, <laughs> wow. the, he said these, these greens are just as quick down holes, Augusta with, with possibly more slopes as well. He said, I think everybody in the field will three putt at least one time this week. So yeah, you just see, I mean, he, coming from him, he, you know, obviously he's not putting as well as he did a decade ago, but still like that is mm-hmm. a, it's a crazy uh, comparison that you know they're comparing this place to Augusta, which is where the next major will be in November. Um, I had another one just because I was looking at that tee time for Fowler, Wolf, and Victor. The winner on the Corn Ferry money list is playing right after them uh, in the grouping. Will Zalatoris making his first mm-hmm. uh, career U.S. Open uh, debut as a professional. He absolutely destroyed the Corn Ferry last year. I think he won the points list by a large margin. Uh, Jake, you follow the Corn Ferry more than I think Vince and I do, but what do you what are you feeling for our boy Will Zalatoris in his first? This is I think this is his first start on the PGA Tour is a U.S. Open. Guys, a complete stud. He's no joke. I think he's probably if he if the Corn Ferry points were I, I don't know how to really say this, but he's. 100% a top 50 in the world golfer right now. If he wasn't on Corn Ferry, if the COVID break didn't happen, he would have been promoted. Um, the guy is really yep. good. And there's a bet out there on DraftKings. I know you guys love betting. There's a bet out there on DraftKings for him head-to-head against Max Homa. And I think that's easy money. I think you're stealing money. Wow. So I don't He's know if you guys know this, Will. but he was actually in the field for the 2018 U.S. Open, of which he missed the cut. Oh, nice. Yeah. 18. Where was 18? Well, it was two mm, years ago. Shinnecock. That's right. That's where... Uh, Don't forget, though. These broke. guys qualify through sectionals and all that shit. Too, yeah, right. So. That's right. But yeah, Zalatoris, he's, he is a baller. <clears throat> that dude can absolutely murder it. He's really good. Yep. The uh, So let's go through a little some pairings really quick. Then we'll get into the power rankings. We'll make our picks. Close with some closing thoughts. First tee time tomorrow, hitting the opening tee shot is Brandon Wu at 6.50. He's playing with Curtis Luck, another guy who cut the pony uh, and, <laughs> and is playing, his, playing, doing his thing. Good player. He played on the Corn Ferry last year. I think he made he a few a, starts. He got a win this year. On the Corn Ferry? Yeah. Oh, nice. Love it. I like Curtis Luck. I liked his Me game too. when he played in, the, in Augusta a couple of years as the U.S. Amateur winner. Uh, so they're playing 6.50 first tee shot. The first, uh, what I would consider... Uh, Good pairing, heavy pairing is uh, the 756 group. That is Hideki, Patrick Reed, and Jordan Spath. Uh, then we have the reigning PGA champion, Colin Morikawa, going out with Justin Thomas and the gr- greatest golfer of all time, Tiger Woods. Who finishes last in that group and who finishes first in that group? Vinny, let's go with you. <laughs> 
That's really tough. I think JT finishes first in that group, um, followed by Morikawa and Tiger, one shot apart. Jakey, any any difference? Yeah, I actually think JT is not going to have a great week. Something tells me that this doesn't set up really well for him in his recent putting struggles. Um, So I'm going to go Morikawa as the group leader, JT second, and I think Tiger just does not have a shot this week. Do you guys think, okay, so you guys are selling Tiger. Does he make the cut this week? Ooh, man. Look, I think that he he probably, yes, I think he does. Because if it's going to be a grind fest, he's he's he can play that kind of golf. Right. But, dude, that putter has been really bulky, yeah. really bad. Mm-hmm. And unless he finds something, which, hey, listen, he complained about the greens being too slow. I guarantee you they're not going to be too slow this week. Um that that's the great equalizer because we've seen him hit it extremely well since the COVID restart in his very limited appearances. So he did do something with the putter today. Yeah. What did he do? He put a new grip on it. He took the grip off the elder wand and oh put a new God. one. On it. He's ready. He did. He, Our, put, uh, so, he put a bigger grip on there. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm it's going to save him this week. Me neither. I think he's gone. He's just going through it, man. He's going through what a lot of golfers go through as they age. They lose something in that touch point, you know, of their game. They just lose that tiny bit of whatever made them great at being on the green. Unless you're like Steve Stricker or like Jim Furyk. I feel like everybody else has lost a little piece as they get older. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Tiger and Colin are going to tie, and JT will finish third in that group. Wow. I believe I think all three of them make the cut, but I I think uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tiger finishes between T10 and T20. I do not see him contending unless, like you said, it just becomes an all-out grind fest and the winner's like three or four over, and then he's got a chance. But uh, all right, other good pairings we got are uh, we have last year's U.S. Open champ Gary Woodland is playing with the U.S. Amateur champ Andy Ogletree and Shane Lowry, the British Open winner from last year. We've got Big Beef playing with Dustin Johnson and Tony Finau after them. That is a bomber heavy group. hitter group. It's the horsepower group. Jeez. Who finishes first, second, and third in that group between Finau, DJ, and DeChambeau, Jakey? Uh, I already said that Finau is one of my dark, darkish horses, I guess, like sort of second tier. So I'm going Finau first. I think DJ is just playing really, really well. And even though this course doesn't really fit his game all that great, he's going to be. Right there, I think in some in some instances, maybe in that ten to fifteen range, and then I think, like I said before, Bryson probably going to struggle. Um, I could see him missing a cut here. I could. I'm a little. Hey. I'm on the other side of that order, at least the top two. I, I think DJ and Finau probably come out and play similar rounds, um, both days, and I think Bryson. Tries to bite off more than he can chew, makes a really big number, and then he has to reevaluate how he's going to play the other 35 holes. So, um, it, you know, leading into a miscut. I don't see it from him this week at all. Wow. I am going to take DJ to be the overnight leader going into Saturday. Wow. And I believe that Finau will make the cut. I, I, I'm i on the fence with DeChambeau. I, depending on how he plays the course, exactly like Vin, to Vince's point, will determine on if he makes the cut or not, but I think he's going to be right around whatever the cut number ends up being. Um, they are playing in the afternoon. They're doing late early, so they are the 116 group tomorrow, Eastern time, 756 on Friday. 
Then the last group that I wanted to talk about, which is uh, widely known, Phil Mickelson trying to complete the career Grand Slam this week at a place where he should have done it uh, 14 years ago with a two-shot lead or with a one-shot lead, stepped up on the 72nd hole. He is playing with Paul Casey and John Rahm. There is a man who put uh, $45,000 on Phil Mickelson to win $3.3 million this week. And Phil said, hopefully I have a three-shot lead on the 18th hole. <laughs> does Phil, I guess, two-part question, does Phil have a chance to complete the career Grand Slam this week? And, and I don't say yes, he's got a chance. Do you think he has a serious chance at winning? And Or will Phil Mickelson uh, make the cut this week? Jakey? Oh, um, I don't think he's got a chance of contending. And this is not even because, like, in recent years or whatever, I haven't really been a Phil fan. Like, this literally is the absolute worst setup for him right now, a place where he's got to drive it really, really good. Right. And then his magic around the greens has been steadily sort of declining, we've seen, I think. I mean, I know he won the kind of like hit and giggle uh, Champions Tour where they had like 60-yard wide fairways and very little rough. But I think what he's he's shown is that, you know, his skills are still there to some degree, but some of the the um, creativity and stuff is really kind of not the same. So I just I just don't see it. I just don't see how he can be successful. Um, and this isn't even the same wing foot. Like, I think that this is right. going to be a much harder, especially around and on the greens version of what he experienced in 06. Any? I'm just going to start off by saying I would love to see him. Yes, me too. Complete the challenge and, you know, win every major. But I do not think he has a shot this week at all. Like, at all. Um, you're, you got him not winning, not making the cut. Yeah, I'm going to uh, – correct. I'm probably going to go with uh, not making the cut on this one. I, re- I feel really bad for this guy that, you know, light your money on fire. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure no he's kidding. got enough to light on fire. Yeah, he's definitely. Down. Um, if Phil won this week, would that be the greatest win in his career? I think so. Thousand, thousand percent. Thousand percent. Okay. I was trying to think if maybe like when he won the Masters and he did the jump – that would be a better win, but I, I agree. I mean, this is definitely top two. Well, I mean, he would he be the old? Yeah, he would become the oldest major winner. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yes, definitely. He'd become the oldest major winner. He'd complete the career grand, grand slam. He'd slay the dragon of the one he should have got. Uh, he, and he would do it at a time when golf is arguably the deepest it's ever been. So, yeah, oh, okay. I, I would say it's huge, like a massive win. <laughs> All right, well, we're all rooting for Phil. I uh, I don't think he'll win this week, but I'd love to see him. I'd love to see just like a storyline on Saturday where he's like within striking distance, and it's like, yeah. holy shit, Phil Mickelson. You know how Vince always does the the here. You know what I don't want to see this week. I'll tell you what I don't want to see this week, and because you, you just hit on it, is I don't want to see where I feel like there's no interesting storyline. I guess like I. Right. I do want it to be, and I'm, I think it will be, but I, I want it to be tight with a bunch of guys with a chance to win because unlike the PGA, it'll be tight with a bunch of guys with a chance to win and just a massive amount of mistakes that could possibly happen, which yeah. is always like, I like the car crash. So I'm, I'm excited uh, for what that could be. Yep. I, I completely agree. I think that is a, uh, I think that's a fair statement. 
All right, let's get into some picks. The U.S. Open being a major championship, we have 20 on the power rankings this week. Starting with number 20 is Mr. Cut Machine, Brendan Todd, Moneymaker. Uh, Patrick Reed, Mr. Neck Chain is 19. Louis Oosthuizen making an appearance wow. at number 18. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 17th. Uh, Justin Rose, 16th. Oh, hold on. Let me talk about Matthew Fitzpatrick real quick. So I played, this is completely off topic. I played in the Houston Amateur Qualifier um, on Monday. Qualified. I knew it was going to get in there eventually. I knew we were going to get this. <laughs> on the number. The only reason I talk about that, first of all, yes, I birdied two of the last three, made an outstanding par out of the woods on 18 to make it on the number. It's not really a big deal. I uh, had a great caddy. JR really showed up for me on the back nine. But uh, I played with a 13-year-old who, one, hit the ball 30 yards past me off the tee, <laughs> which was demoralizing. Two, he looked exactly like Matthew Fitzpatrick. So that's the reason I bring it up. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, he probably the same height too at 13 years old. He had to be six feet tall. I mean, he was a monster kid. Uh, and then I played with the, the other kid was 14 years old who had a much better personality than the 13 year old. Although I, I agree. I mean, at 13 years old, I, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but they were both very good. So look out for both of them. Finn was the name of the 13 year old. So when we see him on tour in about 10 years, um, and then Merritt was the 14 year old who was also the same height and had, Probably the best trajectory of any person I've ever played with live that I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, I mean, he hit some balls out there at our course that I have never seen anybody close to hitting tee shots there. And he was 14 years old. So it was a pretty incredible. They both shot 80, though. They, I think they both shot five or six over on the back nine. They probably both should have should have qualified. But the old man, Dougie, got it done. We got in. We're playing next week. Anyway, so Fitzpatrick, 17. 16th, Justin Rose. 15th, Harry English, who's coming off some great form. Hideki Matsuyama, 14th. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, 13th. Tommy Fleetwood, Fairway Jesus, is 12th. Uh, Paul Casey, 11th. Daniel Berger, 10th. Tony Finau, Jake's kind of dark horse, is 9th. Big Beef, 8th. Rory McIlroy, 7th. Justin Thomas is 6th. Is uh, Bones on the bag, or is it he go back to his old caddy? That's a great question. I think it's still Bones, honestly. I think so, too. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. I haven't looked into it. I knew they said they were going to go together for a four, few more weeks, but uh, okay. I haven't seen anything else since. JT 6th, Xander Shoffley 5th, Webb Simpson 4th, John Rahm 3rd, Colin Morikawa 2, who is going for two in a row as well. And Dustin Johnson, the $19 million man over the last six weeks, is number one on the power rankings. Vinny, you won the regular season, so we will give you your pick. I think I know who you are, but uh, you're number one in the big pool as well. What 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 do you got for this week? Uh, we're rolling with Rory. I think I think it's time um, he can rise to the occasion, you know, with the best of them, and you know his his family stuff is off his plate. Um, you know, ch- healthy child born, wife's great. Um, so now he can really go out and play some damn golf. He's gonna go out and win yep. this thing. Yep, like it. Uh, Jakey, what we got? Hmm. I'm trying to try not to pick with my gut. Trying to pick a little bit with my brain. I think on this one, I, I think <laughs> as much as I want to see Morikawa, and I w- really the guy that I really want. I do really w- would love to see Finau get a win. I think it's John Rahm's week. I think it's finally his, um, 
coronation as probably the best player in the world across a chunk of time, maybe over a year, realistically, when you kind of add it all up. And I think, yeah, I think it's a big week for John Rahm. I think he gets the win. Okay. I am going to go with the X-Man, Mr. Xander Shoffley. I love that pick. Yeah. To win uh, his first major champion. He's coming off a second consecutive runner-up at Eastlake. And in his three U.S. Opens that he's played in, he's finished T5, T6, and T3rd. So I am going with Xander Shoffley this week. So if anybody's out there looking for a new driver, go buy Callaway. Tell him you think Xander's going to win. When he does win, send me a DM and say thank you. But you will also get your driver for free. That is the Callaway thing that they and none of us. Well, I have a Callaway driver, I guess. But if I bought another one, I wouldn't go that way. But free plug for Callaway. So those are our three picks. Uh, DJ is number one in the power rankings. My boys, will DJ finish in the top five this week? Hmm. It's tough to say he's not with the way he's playing. Um. I mean, he hasn't gotten himself into a lot of trouble the last few weeks. If he, it, let's just say, if he's got to be in the best headspace out of everyone right now to compete. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think if he just goes out there and kind of does the DJ thing and blanks out and free wheels it, yes, definitely. Uh, we we all know that the the tough point in his game is around the greens, and we've talked a lot on the pod about this week being big for that. I think mm-hmm. I think he's top ten. I think he top ten. So I don't think he top fives it. Okay, I like it. Okay, well, uh, this is going to be an absolutely great weekend. We have the U.S. Open, uh, which is, I mean, can't believe that it's here. This is starting twenty 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 slash twenty twenty one season. Really, last week. No offense to that that event, but. We're here, U.S. Open starting it, starting a run of six majors in this uh, calendar season, which is going to be awesome. <clears throat> any any storylines that you guys are looking for uh, this week, or, or are you guys just really hoping to see a good good event? Benny? Yeah, I. the only real storyline for me, I think, is uh, Phil going out and completing the Grand Slam, and... You know, Rory, Rory can go out there and win one for his, his newborn at the same time. It's just, it's going to be such a crazy week. Uh, you never know what, what's going to happen after the first day. Like, what kind of story is going to build? You may you may see, see something crazy, like Zalatoris up in the top five, or, you know, Richie Wierenski in the top five. Like, those kind of guys that you never expected to see on a leaderboard uh, in this kind of event. You may see them up there. Aki, what are you looking forward to the most? Um, I'm just, I mean, I'm pumped for it. I can't wait to see the golf course. And I think while the U.S. Open isn't my favorite major overall, the PGA gave me, like, such excitement to finally have a major. And to me, the U.S. Open is always a little bit better than PGA. So I just, I'm going to be locked in. You know, I'm playing golf Saturday so that I can just be on the couch Sunday and uh yeah i like legitimately cannot wait i think it's going to be great tournament maybe one of the best u.s opens we've had in recent memory yeah i actually switched my flight to come back earlier on sunday so that i can watch the final round so i am looking forward to that i agree i think it's just like one of those things you turn on the tv you see major championship golf it's like oh yeah man i cannot wait for this so 
can't wait to see what the course is set up. If it's actually going to be like all the videos and pictures we've seen, I'm sure it will be. So can't wait to see people just get their absolute shit pushed in for four <laughs> days. Um, but also it's, uh, you know, the best players usually rise to the top in the, in the events like this. So do not be surprised if on Sunday, pretty much all the guys in the top 10 or top five are right there making a push to win it. So good luck to all of the players this weekend. I would love to see Tiger in the mix. I do not think that'll happen, but we'll see what happens. Also hope good luck to you, Vinny. I hope that Rory gets a win just for your pool pick them to rem- that would push you pretty far yeah, forward. I think so. So hopefully you can get that. I will, I will root for you. Everybody stay safe. Jake, you're playing Saturday. Uh, any, you have another event with the team this week or. Uh, no, we got practice uh, Friday at Huntington Valley Country Club, which is a super prestigious club. So get to play nine holes there. Should be pretty cool. Um, and then it's actually, this is actually PSA for everybody listening. If your country club ever does this, walk in the door, double middle fingers, and tell them to give, <laughs> give your money back. My country club moved the club championship to this weekend. They punched the greens last week. What the fuck is that? I will not be playing in a club championship on punch greens. That is fucking insane. If your club ever does that, burn it to the ground. That's insane. So Holy, I'm that I'm is a move. That is a move. I'm playing away uh, with my buddy this weekend, so I'll be uh, at a different club. God, what kind of greenskeeper do you have out there? Dude, listen, we have it's complete mismanagement. It's complete clusterfuck. It's just stupid. If Like I said, if it ever happens, just you know that I told you that you're not at a good country club. You're at a, at a shit show country club, if that happens. And that's why they won't be getting my money next year. So there you go. Well, we, uh, our club actually, we had seven guys qualify for the Houston Amateur. Wow. So we, yeah, we've got quite the, uh, quite the players at the club. We, uh, we ha- we're supposed to have our stroke play championship next weekend, but they have decided to move that out, uh, I think two weeks, two or three weeks. Uh, so that they can accommodate all of us because the Houston championship is next week. So that will be fun. Vinny also forgot to say this. Welcome to the club. You're joining in about two or three weeks. You will be a member at the forest. Uh, We're going to have to get you some swag. We're going to have to convince Tom to rent a lock, a $10 a month locker because he doesn't want to pay $10. (laughs) So we're going to have to convince Tom to do that with you. But uh, congrats, Vinny. Are you guys going to be playing this weekend? Because I won't be here. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we're going to try to get up early Friday afternoon and play as many holes as we can. Um, haven't really, I know I can't play Saturday. I have to go to a wedding shower. And oh then boy. Sunday, oh maybe God. bright and early. If not, I'm just going to be on the couch watching the end of the tournament. There you go. Football and golf. What a That's great it, day it will be. That's a day right there, boys. All right, guys. Well, everybody, enjoy your weekend. Please be safe. If you're not already, follow us on Instagram at the Breakfast Ball Pod, all one word. Please subscribe to us on podcast. I will be downloading this tomorrow and listening to it on my flight to Miami. I am playing down there at some country club. I do not know what it is. I think it's open to the public right now, and it's going to be a booze fest for the bachelor party, but looking forward to that. Um, And Vinny, please take us home and get us ready for the second major championship of 2020. Oh, yeah. All right, ballers. It's been a pleasure talking about, you know, beginning of the u.s open week looking forward to those 7 a.m t times tomorrow but if you're gonna play try to get your rounds in friday or saturday so that way you can relax on sunday and watch an exciting end you know at wingfoot 2020 Uh, we appreciate it as always and we'll be talking to you after the u.s open thanks again